In Parshas Bahar Bechukosai, there's two mitzvahs, which both of them we're probably familiar with, but what's fascinating about them is how they're connected. The Torah commands us that when we buy or sell something from our fellow Jew, al tainu ishes achiv, we can't fool one another, which means take advantage of each other. So that means you're not allowed to overcharge. If you have selling something, you can't overcharge for it. And likewise, the other way too, a buyer can't take advantage of a naive seller and pay well below the market cost because this is a transgression. So it's an issue of you're not allowed to take a no and you can't fool someone in that way. And this area is specifically, and it's important to understand this, is specifically when the other party is being fooled, meaning they're not aware of what the true market value is and one is tricking the other into thinking that's a fair price and either overcharges or underpays for the item. But let's say both of people are aware and you have a seller who's who's clearly overcharging and he knows he's overcharging and gouging the price and the buyer knows he's gouging the price but they're forced because they're in a rest stop and it's the only kosher food they have no choice they have to pay this inflated price everybody knows what's going on it's not very nice but there's no transgression involved there's no issue because nobody's fooling anybody that's not enough so i know specifically when you fool someone and trick them into overpaying or underpaying for an item now, included in that is also when you try to cover up something's blemishes, like, you know, if you put a new coat of paint over an old car and try to sell it as a new car, that would also be the same concept of, I know, you're tricking someone, and any kind of such uh, fooling people would be included in this sister. Now, that's a, con- a halacha, it belongs in this parasha, which is talking about buying and selling, makes a lot of sense. But, right after this, immediately after this, two psukim later, there's another halacha. Um, and the Torah tells us a different Avera. The Pasuk says, Now it sounds very suspiciously the same, same word even, but the Gemara says, and Rashi quotes it, Gemara, that this isn't retor- talking about fooling someone in a sale, rather this is referring to the Loisasei of a Noas Dvarim, which means causing someone pain with words. It's the same words, the same, same term, Loisainu, don't take Aina. And one, this term that means don't fool someone in business is also used with the same term, do not make, cause someone pain and harm with your words. Now Rashi gives a few examples of this. One example is don't anger your friend. Number two is don't give him bad ideas that are going to end up causing him pain. And then the Gemara goes and gives the Mishnayis Gemara give more examples. Number three, don't ask a merchant how much does this cost if you have absolutely no plan on buying it and you're just like kind of annoying him. Um, and four, don't remind a person that they've sinned in the past. Don't remind them that they may be, uh, you have bad yuchos, you know, their parents are non-Jewish or, or other embarrassing facts. And uh, don't remind them of that. Number five, don't, if someone is suffering, don't tell them, oh, you deserve it because of something you did. So these are all examples the Gemara gives of not hurting another person with your words. Now, the way the Mishnah presents this Isser is, the same way you're not allowed to fool someone in buying and selling, likewise, you cannot hurt someone's feelings with your words. And it's just very, very strange. The whole presentation is so puzzling. What connection is there between these two things? Why do they have the same name? Why are they in the same parish in the Torah? And why does the Mishnah say the same way? You can't do this, you can't do that. What does one have to do with another? And the Gemara goes on to say, it further goes elucidates on this comparison. The Gemara says that hurting someone is actually worse than tricking them with money because the Torah, you see, the Torah says, you you have to fear Hashem and who will not let the sin go by unpunished. Why is it worse? The Gemara says, because money, you could pay back. But if you hurt someone with words, you can't remedy that. 
So again, there's a comparison, and we have to define the difference between the two. So what is the comparison? So I saw one approach, that all the cases given are situations where a person is presenting themselves as if they have noble intentions, or they don't mean any harm, or they mean something good, where in reality they're just trying to hurt the other person. Uh, they, they give a bad idea, but they claim, I really meant well, I didn't know it was going to end up bad. They ask a merchant for the price as if they are actually interested, even though in truth they're not. They're just trying to annoy the merchant to get his hopes up. Um, they point out a person's past sins, not because they're trying to tease him or, or hurt him, because they're just trying to warn him, you know, don't make sure you don't go back down that road again. Uh, they're for his sake, for his own good. And that's why the terror has to clarify that you should feel Hashem, because Hashem, fear Hashem, because Hashem knows what a person's true intentions are, and he will repay a bully appropriately. So in essence then, turns out, according to this approach, that the problem with tricking someone in a sale and presenting hurtful statements as helpful one is the same. You're taking advantage of someone's naivete or inability to protect themselves. And the real issue is that particular brand of cruelty, that midah of cruelty that's called a na, which is not just with money, which you can pay back, but here, with words, there's nothing you can do to remedy that hurt that you've done clothed as, uh, you know, as something good. Try to trick the person while in, in, in essence you're actually trying to hurt them. So that's one way to understand the connection between the two. But I think you can take the comparison a step further and it'll apply to all forms of hurtful words, no matter what a person says to humiliate, hurt, tease, anger another person. See, the true pain that evil and nasty and cruel comments cause are the fact that the person you're targeting actually believes them. They cause deep pain and embarrassment because they seem to ring true in the listener's ears, and they prey upon a person's own self-doubt and weakness and guilt. And that's why it's equivalent to tricking someone and stealing money from them, because you make the person think that this is the true value of the product, the money I'm offering you or the money that I'm, I'm requesting for it, but it's a lie, it's not the true value. You're fooling them. And the ramifications of the law by money is just that you steal some money or product from the unsuspecting other. So the law is evil, but at least the result of the law, the ramifications, are the rem- uh, the, there's a remedy for them. You can return the money. But when it comes to words, the same act is being perpetrated without any possible remedy. You're fooling a person into thinking their personal value is much less than it actually is. And this is a lie. A person's true value is determined by Hashem alone, and it's based on their success in coping with their personal challenges that Hashem presents them with. And no one can ever assess any other person's worth. Only Hashem could. And we are commanded to give every person the benefit of the doubt and assume that they are truly good uh, people. So hurtful words and cruel practical jokes and any cruelty serve to make a person doubt their own value and undervalue themselves. And once that's been perpetrated, there's nothing that can be done to undo that. Uh, and it's infinitely more evil than cheating with money because at least there's a basic benefit a person's gaining. You're, you're, at least you're getting money out of a deal. That kind of makes sense in a certain extent. But if you are just hurting someone, what benefit are you getting? Just making self-empowerment, like making yourself feel more powerful. It's sheer cruelty. And this is the connection between the two mitzvahs and the comparison between them. 
It's meant to bring our attention to the fact that the problem with hurtful words and causing pays, pain is that we're diminishing the value of another Jew in their own eyes. And once a person loses their own sense of self-worth, that damage of that is incalculable. Uh, it can be the most demoralizing and deflating experience. It can cause people to give up their jobs, stop volunteering, and worse. It's very difficult and almost impossible to undo because what are you going to do? You're going to say the opposite? It doesn't work that way, right? Once you say hurtful words, you try to say the opposite, it doesn't, just doesn't have the same effect. And that's why the Gemara explains it can't be remedied. Money you can give back. Whatever damage you've done, you've undone. This is just not, not an option. And it requires a lot of siyata dishmaya not to transgress this iser. And it's another point in the comparison, which is if you steal a person's money, it doesn't make a difference if you do it by mistake or unintentionally you still have to give it back. And the same thing applies to hurting someone else. It needs a lot of siyata dishmaya that we shouldn't transgress it and do it by mistake. And it requires a lot of thought. There's a story, my father-in-law, I'll finish with this, a story my father-in-law likes to say about Ravel Lapian. Ravel Lapian was a, a, the mashkiach in Kvachsid, in place in Eretz Yisrael. And one time during a shmuz that he was giving, he fainted. So his son, who was there, uh, you know, was in a panic. His father fainted. So he ran to the kitchen and he banged on the door of the kitchen. Uh, and and there, there was a, a woman, a single woman, who was in charge of the kitchen. And she opened the door, like all surprised. She was like, what's the emergency? And uh, he said, we need a glass of water. My father just fainted. So she got him a glass of water. He went and he gave it to his father, revived him, and he was feeling better. So then he went to return the glass to the kitchen and he found the woman sitting and crying. So he said, what happened? So she said, no, it's not your fault, but I, I'm very poor, and I, every day, I buy a lottery ticket. And when you came banging on the door, I was sure that I finally, this is my day, I finally won. And then you came and told me you need a glass of water. So it was just very sorry, very, very sad, very demoralizing. So he went back and he told his father about this. And his father said that such a thing would have never happened to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Even in the midst of all the confusion and panic, he still would have thought of the possible ramifications of banging on the door of, of you know, such a, an impoverished woman. He would have had that in mind as well. It takes a godless, and it takes a tremendous yata dishmaya to be on such a level, but that is the, the, the value that the Torah is telling us every Jew has inherently is so essential and so important and so tremendously valuable that affecting that in any way is uh, a very, very serious transgression of Laisainu uh, and it's something to, to think about and teach. Have a good night and a good Shabbos.